0: And we're coming to you live from the Quicken Loan Studios, 855 4CBS, 855 212 National Mortgage Lender Quicken Loan. Supply simply, understand fully, mortgage confidently. It's the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. Hickey. Yes. Did I tell you guys how much I love Baker Mayfield recently? No, this is Have the first time I, I, have I this. expressed my love that Baker Mayfield is saving my fun on Sundays, my fun, my enjoyment, my good times, just in time for my sons to start to know what football is. Do you have any understanding how excited I am? That's true. Your sons will never experience the uh, suffering you went through. Oh, my God, they'll never see the horror. The horror. Can you imagine someday I'm going to have to sit my son down and go, yeah, there was a guy who who was drafted by the Browns and – Instead of playing for him, he decided to put on a wig and sunglasses and fake mustache and fly to Vegas. Yeah, he did that. That happened. But I am sad because I'll never get to tell him the greatness of what were the 2016 Cavaliers because he was only a baby. And my other son wasn't yet born. And I'll have to regale him with tales. A tale of a time when Golden State was the most dominant franchise, perhaps in league history, at least in the modern history of the game and documenting that franchise, and documenting the rest of the NBA, one of the very finest. You'll find him on Twitter, at People. You can read him on NBA.com. You can watch him on NBA.com and NBA TV from time to time. Sean Powell joins us on the show. Hello, Sean.
2: Hey, what's going on?
0: Nothing much. Nothing much whatsoever. I'm watching Golden State, and we're getting all excited and getting all worked up about Golden State and some of the ebbs and flows of the season. Honestly, Sean, and... I want you to sell me on it if it's more than just hot air or us trying to find some things to write about over the last few weeks because there have been some awkward things. Steve Kerr getting upset with them, then putting heat on himself. Draymond Green, Kevin Durant getting into it, the, the perpetual question, and it doesn't even seem like a question about Kevin Durant and whether or not he's going to leave. Honestly, what do you make of it? Is it just the regular season and things will be fine at least till the end of this year?
2: A uh, bingo right there. Uh, yeah. I, I don't really put too much stock in the, the drama, whether the drama is created, overinflated, or real, or whatever. The bottom line is, and I think uh, I think Draymond Green said this a few weeks ago, he said this is not anything that's going to stop us from winning a championship. And really, when you really think about it, isn't that what's, what really counts? You can go back to last year when Steve Kerr was exasperated over the way the The team sort of sleptwalked through a couple games and they had, what, a losing streak of about five games, whatever Uh it was. uh They fell off the pace from the previous year. And what did it matter? They won a championship. So I think sometimes the NBA season is lost. And, yes, when you get 15 players in the room and you ask them to coexist this for eight, nine months, well, yes, some things happen. You know, these things are not new. It happened with the Lakers in the 80s, the Celtics. I mean, all the great teams, they, they have some drama, Chicago Bulls, Michael Jordan punched Steve Kerr, all that stuff goes on. But the bottom line is is, is the bottom line. The, the Warriors are still the class of the NBA until proven otherwise.
0: How often do you get that story out of Steve Kerr about him getting punched by Michael Jordan?
2: Oh, it's something that he can laugh at now. He probably even laughed at it the, the day after it happened. I mean, uh, <laughs> y- you know, it's – look, again – and, I, look, I'm sure, you know, you've been involved in sports for a while. Uh, you know, you're asking grown adults to – all of them to coexist. you got different personalities, different temperaments. You know, they come from different environments. You know, there are a lot of things that go on that don't even see the light of day. So I find it – But look, this is the day and age we live in. You know, everything – is heightened. You know, everything is made up to be much more than what it probably is, because that's the media age we live in, and that's fine. You know, that's fine. That keeps that keeps people interested. It keeps g- giving you something to talk about and me something to write about. So I have no problem with it, but I just think we ought to keep all these things in the proper context. I will. I just don't am-
0: yeah, you know,
2: see I- how it could affect the bottom line.
0: I will admit it is a bit of a hoot to write about it, at least talk about it, at least for the right now. Bob Myers, though, he, he said this will come to an end sooner than later when he was asked about it, I think just this last offseason. Do you think that this is a dynasty that sustains after this year if Kevin Durant leaves or if they lose somebody else? Or do you think that maybe some cooler heads will, be, will prevail? Maybe Klay Thompson takes less or something like that, and they end up keeping the, tri, the, the, the great triumvirate together and their key core as they move forward.
2: Well, Steve Kerr said something interesting a while back. You know, he says, you know what? Let's just enjoy it. It's not going to last forever. I mean, he saw where the Bulls couldn't last forever. Uh, And, yeah, I agree with Bob Meyer. It's going to end sooner than later, only because it's been going like this for, what, about four or five years. So it's not going to go another four or five years. Um, Now, you ask me whether the dynasty can continue if Kevin Durant leaves. Well, that opens the door for other questions. Where does he go? And does he go to a team that, you know, is it going to be a few years away like the Knicks or something like that? Then, yeah, I would say the dynasty has a chance to continue because Kevin Durant won't be around to torment them. Uh, but if he goes to the Lakers, then, you know, that's another conversation right there. Also, what, what happens with uh, DeMarcus Cousins? Does he stay? And it is he come back healthy from his injury? Does he give them a different dynamic than they had in the past? And all of a sudden, you know, maybe the good times last for another year or two. Clay Thompson's not going anywhere. Clay Thompson is happy there. He's already said that he's not going to hit him up for the most amount of money and all that. He he is the least of their worries. I think it's really Durant, and then they go from there. He's
0: such a complete player, too. I have to give him so much credit, even though he's probably, because Draymond talks so much, and, does, and he's a great inside-out player. I'm not taking anything away from him. And Steph Curry brings everybody to the arena. It does seem to me, maybe it's different in Oakland. But it does seem to be to everybody else around the country that we talk about Clay the less, but boy, he can defend anybody you put in front of him, and it's only a while before you get the shooting down to where he wants it to be, and it doesn't matter because he can still heat up at any time, especially in the fourth quarter. Sean,
2: yeah, but the, the, what Clay does is make the defense uh, respect him, and that's really the highest honor that you can't really leave him open, particularly when he's on uh, at his uh, sweet spot on the floor, which is probably about two or three places. Uh, I'm not going to try to make him out into something he's not. I don't think he is, like, you know, one of the greatest players of all time. Mm-hmm. He's definitely one of the greatest shooters I've ever seen, but uh, he has his weaknesses. He's not, you know, you know, he's not on Durant's level, or, well, and we know that. But for what they ask him to do and what they need him to do, he is absolutely perfect. He helps defensively, uh, you know, take the, the, the better – Guard away from Steph Curry. Uh, and again, when he gets hot, there's probably not too many better shooters in the game. Uh, and, and he tends to rise. To, and you know what? He's not. He there's no drama with Clay. You know, Clay's kind of laid back, easy going. You know, he, he's you know he's Clay. So you don't have to really worry about him. You just throw him out there, and you have a pretty good idea what you're going to get.
0: What would – Sean Powell joining us, NBA.com. There's a possibility with the trade going on and to see if the Lakers can get Trevor Ariza. you got to get a couple of teams to dance with him. What would Trevor Ariza bring to the Lakers with LeBron and with some of the young talent that they have, even though he's 33 in his own right?
2: Well, are we talking to Trevor Ariza, who was with Houston last year, or are we talking to Trevor Ariza with the Suns? Because Trevor Ariza, the Suns is not doing anything. I mean, you know, <laughs> the guy is not making three points, but he's shooting like 32 33%. Uh, you know, and this is on the team that needs him. Now, he, he's, he hasn't shown me anything this year. And I'm a little disappointed, well, I shouldn't say disappointed, because this is professional sports and you're out to make the most money you can. I get that. But I was just a little bit surprised when he left Houston. Yeah, I understand Phoenix gave him $15 million. But, you know, you can't leave a team like Houston that was on the cusp of going to the NBA Finals if a couple things went their way, particularly injuries, Chris Paul in the playoffs and then go to the worst team in the NBA. It, that, that's a, that's a stone-cold money grab. Nothing else about it. And I, I, don't, I don't want to hear him complain that the Suns are losing. I mean, dude, you, you, you knew what you were getting into. Uh, now, look, would it be great for him if he went to a contender with like the Lakers? Sure. And, and surrounded by better players, would that rejuvenate him? Who knows? But as I said before, you know, which Trevor are we talking about? The one with Houston or the one with Phoenix?
0: Sean Powell joining us on the show. Stone cold money grab. I love that term for it. So when he ends up going to Phoenix, or you, you, let me go back to this. So he ends up going to Phoenix. You call it a stone cold money grab. Like go with me on this for a second, please. One year, fifteen million dollars. Does he take that? Does he take that, knowing that maybe he could force his way back out and end up with a better basketball team somewhere else, and have somebody else pay the freight for the rest of the year?
2: I'm not going to say that was his grand plan because I don't know. Uh, but I I wouldn't put it past another player in that situation to do that, knowing that, you know what, when you sign a contract, you know, that contract's going to follow you, you know, and you can get the best of both worlds, you can have the money, and then, you know, by February or even earlier, be on a better team. Uh, I get that, you know, there's a way. I've seen players and their agents, uh, you know, manipulate the system that way, you know, where they can get, you know, have their cake and eat it, too. Uh, Look, if it works out for Trevor, more power to him. You know, more power to him. Uh, Here's a guy who I've got to be fair to him. You know, he he probably played under market value for a few years in Houston. Mm -hmm. And and Houston just simply couldn't afford him after they paid Chris Paul all that money and, you know, had James Harden making a ton of money and, you know, uh, Clint Capella got paid, so they, they couldn't afford him, really.
0: Sean Powell joining us, NBA.com. Follow him on Twitter at powell the people Jim Boylan, should I start the clock on him in Chicago already?
2: <laughs> You'll find boy, yeah. I mean that, that one game. And I heard that he had some very strange practices where they went too long and the players didn't want to practice or something like that. I don't know. I, I didn't think. Oh, well,
0: they're was, having a mutiny already. Yeah, yeah. They're staging I, a coup.
2: I, I never <laughs> thought he was long-term. I, I thought he was just a guy who was just going through. because it's hard to find. A permanent coach from the outside in midseason. I mean, I can't recall the last time a team fired a coach in midseason and then went outside and brought a whole new coach in. And usually, it doesn't happen. You just elevate the assistant and bite the bullet and you know go for it. The, the problem here is that the the the, uh, the the Bulls made a coaching change so early in the season. I mean, b- before before you really got into December. Mm-hmm. that you've got to go virtually a whole season with the interim coach. And and, and that's you know, that can be kinda of awkward. Look, for the Bulls in the big picture, doesn't really matter. This team wasn't gonna contend for the playoffs anyway. And, you know, they're probably they're probably another lottery pick or two from doing something. I know they got some decent young players, but they're probably another lottery pick or two from doing something. And if that lottery pick turns out to be someone from Duke, well, okay, then maybe it was worth it.
0: It's just man, your lesson was when was it? Was it Monday? They signed him, Sean. And we're doing this already by the end of the week here with Jim Boylan, yeah. like you, you at least want and you're right, in the grand scheme of things, what the hell does it matter? You probably want, and I know that they do it differently, but you probably want the best chance of ping pong balls anyway, but my God, can we at least all get along on something here as we're making it through freaking December with how many months left to go in the season in Chicago?
2: And you know what? I think that might even be less uh, reflection on Boylan as is maybe with uh, Gar, um, uh, uh, John Paxson. I agree. And Gar Foreman. I mean, I agree. You, you think about it, they're the people who, who created this. I mean, the buck stops with them. What, what about their accountability? You know, how much blame should they take? I would say they should take a hefty share. They created this situation. So, um, it, it'll be very interesting now you know, Michael Reinsdorf and Jerry Reinsdorf the father-son duo that runs the, the Bulls, they've been pretty much hand-off and, and Garform and John have been there a long time but I'm going to be very curious about what may happen uh, next offseason whether or not those two are going to be called on the shots i say it's, it's questionable
0: Sean Powell joining us NBA.com, Kyle Lowry's had a rough few weeks shooting but he's still moving the ball pretty well, should there be any concern up in Toronto with him?
2: No, because he goes in and out of that. Um, And when you got guys like uh, Pascal uh, Siakam playing so much better, able to take up some of that slack, uh, and then you know, uh, Bradley, you know, being able to come off the bench and help out, I think that's kind of minimized a a bit. And you can always, of course, lean on Kawhi Leonard. So I don't think it's really shown up too much in the standings. I know, you know, I know that you know, the last couple games haven't been great for Toronto. And they lost a big one to Milwaukee today. Uh, but, I, you know, I've seen enough of Kyle Lowry to know that, you know, he's he's a, a, a very good player, uh, a veteran, you know, a guy who can snap out of it. And, you know, I, I think he'll be fine.
0: Final matchup coming up on Monday between Dwayne Wade and LeBron James. I want to run this by you. My legacy for Dwayne Wade, as far as being with LeBron, not – not in terms of his own play, because he has been a legend in his own right. But for Dwayne Wade, there's a respect that I have for him as a player because he seems to be the only guy in LeBron's 15-year career now who actually played with LeBron and not for LeBron, and I think that there is a clear difference between those two, and I think Dwayne Wade's basically the only one who's ever done it.
2: Yeah, you know, I had a, a long talk with uh, Dwayne Wade uh, yesterday and um, about – playing with LeBron, and he said that, you know what, it, it really wasn't that easy. Uh, that first year in Miami, uh, look, superstars had egos, and, you know, LeBron was coming to Dwayne Wade's team, mm-hmm. and it was a little bit awkward at first, and, and, and you know, and you, as you recall, they, they started out, what, uh, six and at eight, or whatever it was, they started out very slowly, but it wasn't friction. There was no animosity there. It was just uncomfortable, and... I think LeBron had to adjust, you know, here's a guy who, you know, owns a team in Cleveland and, and came to Miami and was clearly the better player than Dwayne Wade, not by much, but you know, the better player, but he had to adjust and give credit for both of them. They both adjusted, you know, and their friendship blossomed even further from there uh, to the point where I think, you know, I think it's going to be pretty special tomorrow when they exchange jerseys after the game, Uh, you know, all the cameras will be there and everything. This is a, a very meaningful uh point in their careers and in their you know in their friendship and I think it'll be uh, something special to watch as well.
0: Sean, we thank you very much for the time my friend. I do hope to run you down again very soon. Take care. Hey, yeah, that sounds good. Sean Powell joining us, NBA.com. Follow him on Twitter at Did 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Ari Wasson going to join us from The Athletic coming up around 1135, 1140 p.m. Eastern. Coming up next, one thought before three up and three down because I've been telling you for years, and finally, Tyson Chandler validated me. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio.
2: Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it.
0: This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. Coming up in three up, three down, we say goodbye to a coaching legend. But first, I, you can yell it as many times as you want. I never played in the NBA. I only commentate on the NBA, obviously. I wasn't even good at basketball growing up. I can only commentate on the NBA. I've never even been really around it. If I do anything that's special, I'll always say football is always the specialty of what it is. But I've been yelling it to you for years, and when you don't have that really strong connection, I'll admit it, you need somebody to validate you. And I want to thank i want to thank Tyson Chandler so much for validating me. Because for the last couple of years now, it, it, I'm sure some people agree But it's never really seen in that true context. When Tyson Chandler, though, takes over and starts to say something to Rick Bucher and talks about the challenge of playing with LeBron, then it starts to make sense. Because we just had had Sean Powell on and talking to him about LeBron and Dwayne Wade. I've always thought of it this way, and this is the problem that LeBron's going to have over the next couple of years, is that Kyrie was the first one. Other guys may follow suit where he could get vets. Trevor Reese is 33 years old. You can get vets. Tyson Chandler's 30-something years old. You can get vets. But to get young, palpable, big-time superstars, keep an eye on Anthony Davis, keep an eye on the Greek freak. I'm sorry, Milwaukee, you always know you're always wondering. You keep an eye on those guys, what are they going to do? Are they going to go their own direction? Are they going to go team up with other young stars? Or do they go with the way of LeBron? Because for LeBron, Tyson Chandler said it to Rick Bucher on Bleacher Report earlier this week, quote, if you've got LeBron, you've always got to make it about LeBron. You've got to be able to coexist with that and fit with that. Who you are, where you are in your career, and how do you fit in? It's a sacrifice, but it's a sacrifice for winning, end quote. You're never playing with LeBron. You're playing for LeBron. One guy has ever played with LeBron. That's Dwayne Wade. Bosh, Irving, Love, whoever it might be. They always played for him. From the very get-go, Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal, one of the most dominant centers ever, you play for him. You never play with him. And for young guys who have their own egos who want to push it to their own level in the league, that's going to be increasingly frustrating for LeBron. And for them, it's increasingly frustrating to hear these horror stories and think, you know what, I can win a championship in my own right. I can do this in my own right. Eight five five two one two four CBS. It's time for three up, three down. Who's trending up? Who's sinking down? It's time to find out on Free Up, Three Down with Ken Carmen here on CBS Sports Radio. Hit Who's it. up? Kyler Murray, a fantastic season. I know we'll get to the tweets coming up in the next couple of hours. I promise. Kyler Murray, a fantastic season. People get this one mixed up because they do it. They want to do it like they do it with the NBA MVP. It's not the best player on the best team. It's who helped their team the most. And Kyler Murray put gold put. Oklahoma on his back and took them to a chance to win a national championship. Next. Who's down? Jim Harbaugh. I know people think he should be doing hands handsprings because he has a chance, a real strong chance to beat Ohio state now, but there's more pressure because that's Ryan day over there. That isn't urban Meyer. And if you're a competitor, the way you say you are, you want to beat the very best And while he might beat Ohio State and he might win a national championship someday in Michigan, all those things are sweet. There will be one piece in the background that never got over Urban Meyer and that should always bother him. Next, who's up? A big congratulations to Bill Snyder, one of the few guys who gets to leave I can't say on his terms, obviously, because he probably would have stayed there all the way through his entire contract extension, but it's refreshing we don't have to talk about a guy leaving amid scandal, even at 79 years old. I wish him the very best. I hopefully Kansas State finds themselves a really good young coach and is able to keep it going because that's a special thing they had there with Bill Snyder. Next. Who's down? Kentucky out of the top 25 after a bad loss to Seton Hall. It just makes you question. One national championship is special. But you're getting passed up by some of those recruits when you brought in Calipari. Is one enough for UK? Next. Who's up? To a tag of Viola. Everybody still loves you, and you still have another chance to win the Heisman Trophy. Next. Who's down? Joe Flacco. Remember, we used to have the fun with the is Joe Flacco elite question? Now we just ask is he going to start anymore? Is he going to end up anywhere else? They're going with Lamar Jackson. They saw what they had out of Lamar Jackson. They kept it close against one of the best offenses out there in the league. Looks like the days are numbered for Joe Flacco in Baltimore. And that is three up, three down. Coming up in a bit at 1.40 a.m. Eastern, we go around the league week 14 style. Also, why Kyler Murray has to deserve and has to deal with the criticism that came out with his tweets. Up next, though, Ari Wasserman. He talks to Urban Meyer with us. This is the Ken Carman Show on CBS Sports Radio. Back on CBS Sports Radio, Ken Carman, until 2 a.m. Eastern, 855-2124-CBS. Coming up at 1220 a.m. Eastern, Urban Meyer probably lied this week. And I say, so what? But joining us right now to talk about Ohio State, to talk about Urban Meyer, talk about college football, and the whole thing that's going on, including Kyler Murray, Ari Wasserman joins us, the Athletic, Ohio State writer from the Athletic. Follow him on Twitter, at Ari Wasserman. Ari, thanks for joining me tonight, my friend. Hey, how are you? I'm doing very well. So Gene Smith called you out personally, during the press conference slash, I don't know, retirement ceremony is a little bit different. I, it was different than usual things, but I guess they decided to get two birds stoned at once. But Gene Smith called you out personally. You're the guy who broke the story about Urban possibly leaving. Uh, who were, I can't ask you your sources, but how strong did you feel considering that? Yeah, you know, he's waffled before. We've heard rumors about him before. And then they did finish up the season so strongly.
1: Well, I think people have to realize that somebody in my position isn't going to put that story on the internet unless I'm pretty confident <laughs> with who told me.
0: Yeah, but so this is right. college football. I, you know, I, they're, they're going <laughs> to. Yeah, well, you know, it's, uh,
1: you know there's blogs and, and things, and there's journalists, and I, I like to pride myself on being a journalist. And, you know, when you put that stuff on the internet, you don't just put it on the internet without a source that you, you can feel good about. You're right. I can't discuss with you uh, who it was, but certainly somebody that I was confident about. Um, you know, and, and what I wrote was. But they were discussing that uh, coach and waiting agreement. I didn't put a timeline on it. I didn't realize it was potentially going to happen in 2000, you know, 19, going into the 2019 season. Uh, in my mind, when I wrote that, I thought it might take a year or two more. I didn't think Urban was done, but you got to also realize too that I wrote that story and put that on the internet before. Urban Meyer was having these headaches that were on TV and, were, you know, causing everybody to freak out. So, mm-hmm. you know, in my mind, I thought that he had a few more years left in the tank. I know that he didn't want to go till he was 60. He's been pretty open about that, even since the day he took the job in 2012. But, you know, uh, his health has stopped him from moving forward. And obviously, Ohio State had Ryan
0: Day in mind, and, and that's the like contingency plan moving forward. Do you think that he's done coaching forever, or do you think <clears throat> that he'll come back?
1: I mean, I'm not going to
0: try to predict
1: what Urban Meyer might feel like doing when he's 60. Um, I I know that right now he's done coaching because he physically can't do it anymore. Um, He has a a cyst uh, in his brain that's growing into his brain and causing him to, you know, have constant headaches, uh, some of which are intense enough to knock him off his feet. And when you're in a situation like Ohio State uh, where everything's pressure-filled and during big-time games and big-time atmospheres, it's flaring up on him. Now, I know that there's a lot of people who, who think that this is a year really similar to the way that his tenure at Florida ended, and they're probably right. But if people think he's going to be the head coach at USC in 2020, I bet my life that that's not going to happen. Um, you know, you have to realize that he, he left his dream job. He left it, and he left a lot of money on the table to, to retire. So was he ever going to coach again? I don't know. Maybe he'll be the head coach of an NFL franchise when he's 60 and he gets his life back in order. But as of right now, he reluctantly left a job that he didn't want to leave while things were going really well, because he can't do it anymore. So I think that tells you all oh, you really need to know about what his immediate future is.
0: Well, yeah, Mari, because I, I keep hearing him, and I know he was asked point blank about whether or not he this was his final time ever coaching, if he'll ever coach again. I He gave an answer, and it seems like people want to hold his feet to the fire on that. I got to tell you, the, the, the human element of it, he's 54, he's not that old. There seems to be a scary permanence to that, doesn't there, that... You know, a lot of these coaches, now he might do some TV or or, or God knows what he's going to do for the future. I don't see him being John Madden. I don't see him being Lee Corso. He seems to be a football coach. And if he were to go back on his word, I wouldn't be upset about it whatsoever. It, it, a well, coach well, what wants to coach. Anybody, Say I don't
1: what? He do not know anybody a thing. No, he,
0: you doesn't, he doesn't. He doesn't know me anything. I know that. that.
1: He's going to he guarantee that he's not going to coach again. us guy wants to coach again. I'll coach again. Like, the story is he is leaving Ohio State. And I don't know why people think that he he has to guarantee everybody what he's going to do in five years. He's not guaranteeing anything. He left this job. He reluctantly left this job because he's not healthy right now. Does that mean he can have a procedure on his brain, get that cyst trained, feel better in five years, and decide he wants to be the head coach of the Browns? Good. Good for him. Mm -hmm. Then leaving isn't isn't a contingent on – him telling Ohio State, "I'm sorry, I promise I won't betray you by coaching another program." It's cool. I don't know why that that even became a story. Is it because you know, of, of the Florida thing?
0: It, Ari, Ari, Ari. Is it because Who of the cares? Florida thing? It, I'm asking. Is it because he's like not allowed, or he's allowed to go anywhere he wants? But when they do the, this stuff at Florida, he's basically persona non grata. And I'm going, man, you got two national championships with the guy.
1: Here's what I'm going to say, because everybody wants to compare this to Florida. And I was listening to some podcasts, and I was reading some stories about the way his tenure ended at Florida. Now, I'm not an expert. I didn't cover him at Florida. But what I do know is is the way that he approached his job at Ohio State was night and day different than it was at Florida. I know there's reporters and fans that think he left that program in disarray. He won two championships, but there were a lot of off-the-field issues. When he left, the, the program was in shambles. I get that. I get why Florida fans are mad at him. I don't like him. But that's not what's happening here at Ohio State. Ohio State just signed two of the best recruiting classes it's ever signed in the history of the program in the last two years. It had a terrible season this year, and it only lost one game. Some of its best players on the team right now are young. They're going to be good again next year like they always are. The foundation of Ohio State's program is as strong as it's ever been. So if people think he's running away or quitting or leaving or whatever it is that they want to compare to Florida, It's completely different in every freaking way. And that's it. So if we want to compare it to Florida, that's fine. Go ahead. But if you really look at the type of player on this team, the amount of off-the-field incidents that this team had in comparison to Florida, the recruiting classes that came in at the end of the year, there's literally no comparison.
0: Ari Wasserman joining us on the show. Boy, you're fired up tonight, Ari.
1: Oh, yeah. It's just like everybody's asking me, well, can you guarantee that Ohio, that Urban's not going to – I'm not going to guarantee anything for the guy.
0: You know, it's not my
1: – the story is he left Ohio State. That's it. That's where it ends for me. What he does in three years or four years is, is up to him and his own life to the side. Right now, my personal opinion is, is that he left Ohio State because he's physically unable to do the job. And if yeah, he's but... physically unable to do the job, then why would I think that he's going to coach again? He's in bad shape. He has How terrible many... headaches. His family worries about his life. Like that's what's important right now. Not whether he's going to coach Oregon in two thousand thirty-one. Like I have no idea what he's going to
0: do. How many interviews have you done? Had to do this week. A lot.
1: <laughs> it's of a big deal out here in Columbus, Ohio. I've been on the radio all week.
0: Well, because I didn't even ask. I, I was I was basically saying I it wasn't even a question. I was kind of giving the opinion and seeing if you went with it. Where I was like, hey, if he if he comes back, I agree with you. If he comes back and he coaches, it, it's no skin off my ass. I really don't yeah, care. Yeah, yeah,
1: No, and I wasn't saying that you did. I just think like, it's funny to me that, like, the fan base is, is like, okay, Urban, we love you as long as you don't coach again. It's like the guy is a human. He can go do whatever he wants. Like, I, I got to tell know, you, I agree. Like, to, I agree. Trying to predict what he's going to do when he's, in, in six years, how am I supposed to know what he's going to do? I mean, I, like, I'm all serious. I know, the Seattle Seahawks will, will offer him a half a billion dollars to coach and he'll do it. Like, I don't know we we'll move I on just, from like, this. For me, I, just, it just makes no <laughs> sense for him to coach another college program. Why would he go build USC in two years when he already has it built here? This is where he wants to be. This is where his family is. This is where he grew up. This is what he's always wanted to do. Yeah. The only other possible job that I could ever see him taking at the college level is Notre Dame, and I would still be shocked if he ever coached college football again. The only thing I could possibly see him doing is the NFL, but recruiting isn't a thing. He doesn't have to babysit kids and do all the other stuff that comes along with being a college coach, and he can just coach professionals for money. That's the mm-hmm. only thing I could possibly see him doing at this point based on everything we know.
0: Ari Wasserman joining us on the show. Hot and heavy. I love it. Ryan Day, there's been some criticism of him being hired. I think he has about it, and I know he's been let go because he's been on part of a couple of staffs that have been let go. But I think that he has the best head start of basically any guy who's never technically been a head coach full-time in his career, were you surprised that they didn't have a national search? And do you have confidence, not speaking as a fan, as an analyst, do you have confidence that he will continue Ohio State along this path?
1: Well, I do know that Gene Smith has an infatuation with what's going on in Oklahoma with Lincoln Riley. And I think that the idea of getting the next good thing, the next great thing, and being the first you know, team on it is appealing to gene um i think that the last thing i wrote or the thing that i wrote off of urban's press conference is this you know he won a national championship here ohio state was in the playoff conversation in november every year that he was here since 2012 those are all great accomplishments he won 90.1 percent of his games i mean that's he's crazy numbers
0: it's unreal but
1: the best thing that he did was build a foundation for this program to follow in terms of a blueprint when it comes to recruiting how to maximize its talent, how to schedule, all the things that he did, he, he the expansions he made to the Woody Hayes Center, the Real Life Wednesdays program, the things that he did was an infrastructure to the success and the continued success of this program. And I think part of the reason why Ohio State was so comfortable handing it off to somebody who has been a part of this program is because of how strong that foundation is. So I don't know what's going to happen when it comes to Ryan Day. I know the guy has to win now. I don't know how long his leash is going to be if they go nine and three next year. I could see people freaking out. Mm-hmm. You can't lose three games next year. Um, but you know he was going to be a head coach last year in the SEC, and he turned it down. He was going to get other offers this year, and I think Ohio State thought, well, if Urban's going to step down, who else do we go get? Like, really, there's no Urban Meyer falling out of the sky like they did in 2012 when trust left. So to me, it kind of is a calculated risk, and you have a chance to. Potentially get the next big head coaching job in, or get head coaching candidate into this job right now, and if they make the playoff next year, maybe Ohio State will be up and running. But the one thing I want to make clear is Ohio State did not get better by losing Urban Meyer. I know that people think that, but that is crazy.
0: He's no, a Hall of Fame nice.
1: coach, one of the best coaches who ever did it, and I don't know if Ohio State really realizes how good they had it uh, over the course of the past few years.
0: Ari Wasserman with us on the show. Follow him on Twitter, at Ari Wasserman. How's Jim Harbaugh feel about all this? <laughs>
1: I don't know. Everybody thinks Jim Harbaugh's dancing up in Ann Arbor Arbor right now. But one thing I'll say about Jim Harbaugh is I think they got more pressure. Yes. He better win now. You know, like if you lose mm-hmm. an urban buyer, you know, I think you can say, well, he lost to one of the greatest coaches who has his program humming at the height of his prime. Now he's gonna be facing a thirty nine year old or forty year old coach next year, um, after losing a lot of the main keys on his team and if he starts off 0 and 5 and loses to Ryan Day, I, I can't imagine what the pressure is going to be like up there. I can't imagine what it's like now at 0 and 4. So I think it's obviously good news because if Ohio State gets worse, that's better for Michigan. But now Michigan and the priority and, and the onus of beating Ohio State is at an all time high. There's absolutely zero excuse if they lose that game next year. Then what?
0: Well, Ari, I, I feel it like this. And some people are like, Ken your stone. No, they don't think this way. I, I gotta say, I I think if I was him, I'm a competitive person. I know you're a competitive person. They are uber competitive people, way further than we could be. It would bother me. It would bother me that I never got to beat Urban Meyer because that's what Jim Harbaugh was brought in to do. That was supposed to be the destiny, to slay that to slay mm-hmm. that dragon. Beating Ohio State is beating Ohio State. I, I'm not losing focus of that. But to slay that dragon... Was the reason he was brought in to not do it, there will be always something missing to me if I was Jim Harbaugh?
1: I think that Michigan only cares about the building of that program and getting it back to where they believe it should be. And if Ohio State is a stepping stone to arriving there, then that's fine. I do see what you're saying. I understand that. Um, They'll forever be Owen Forgan or Herb Meyer, and you know, I don't know if that's something that's going to, you know, stick into the, his side a little bit, but yeah, I think the number one goal there is to make Michigan a playoff team and to win the Big Ten to get through Ohio State to do it. And frankly, I'm not sure Ohio State or Michigan. I mean, Michigan has a, a prerogative of how they do it. They just need to be done. They just need to beat Ohio State, and now their chances got better. But you know, the pressure higher to do so.
0: Ari Wasserman, with us on the show. What would you do with Kyler if you were Kyler Murray? Baseball. You play baseball? No I mean chance. I don't know,
1: like I'm not I'm not like a expert on minor league baseball contracts, but all I know is that baseball players at the height of their careers get paid more money. Mm-hmm. They also don't get hit in the head every day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I know that, you know, the ALS stuff and the long term health of a lot of football players is, is kind of at, in question right now. Um, you know, brain concussion stuff and To me, go make more money by playing a game in a park instead of bashing your head in every day. Um, I don't know if he's an NFL quarterback. I don't know what position he would play in the NFL. But if he is like a legitimate, could-be-in-the-big-leagues-in-two-years-for-the-Oakland-A's-type prospect who might sign a $105 million deal for the course of five years, I just think the money is better in baseball. And the health risks are far fewer.
0: I was just, I was just hoping somebody could give me an argument on the other side because I can't I can't and it seems like his heart it feels like his heart's not in it he seems like he's having so much fun already playing football and it's like nah you, I mean you're making four and a half million dollars just from this contract alone and even if you're a middle of the road baseball player in your future you're gonna make a lot of money like you make six or seven million dollars of the uh, dollars a year like if you were Mark Reynolds let alone being Kyler Murray if he's actually good so.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, the upside for, for contracts on baseball is way higher.
0: Yeah, And
1: like I always tell people, if I could be any professional athlete in the world, I'd probably just be a professional golfer. Your career's longer, you get paid the most, and you get to go around the world. I mean, I don't know. Uh, football is a hard way to make a living. It's it's very brief. Bodies break down, long-term health effects. The contracts aren't as big as they are in the NBA and Major League Baseball. To me, if you're a real Oakland A, then go be an Oakland A. hmm
0: I agree. Ari, I thank you very much for the time. You know I love you. Make sure you read this guy in The Athletic. Find him on Twitter, at Ari Wasserman. Ari, thanks for the time, bud. Yeah, no problem, bud. Thank you, buddy. Ari Wasserman, make sure you remember. 855-2124-CBS and CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line. And it's brought to you by Geico. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. More on Urban Meyer coming up here in a little bit. We got signing off at 1240 a.m. Eastern. Next, though, A Steelers fans has a pretty great overall. They should be disgusted with this group, and it's high time we take the Bears seriously. It's Ken Common on CBS Sports Radio.
2: This episode is brought to
0: you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.